I don't know if any of you start thinking this, but I get overwhelmed. And I started thinking about this idea. I don't know if you've ever seen starfish when they've washed up onto the shore. <clears throat> it can be kilometers of starfish, just hundreds of thousands of them just dying. And you look at all these starfish and you start thinking, what could we do? What could we possibly do? Where do we even start? Is anybody tracking with me on this? Do any of you have the same question? You start thinking about the world and all the things that are going wrong and it feels overwhelming. Does any, do any of you feel that? I see some heads nodding. How many of you believe that we should be involved globally? Just raise your hand if you think we should be involved globally. Yeah, it's, it's, we don't have to convince each other of this. But I see your heads nodding when we say, how do we do it? It's interesting, I, last year we, went, we did the study of the whole in the gospel. And... I remember actually looked at it this week again. There's this chapter he says jetliner crashes. It's a whole chapter on jetliner crash. Well, it's actually a bit more than that. Richard Stearns, the president of World Vision, says that 26,000 kids die every day from treatable diseases. Diseases that could be treated. That means 26,000 children yesterday, 26,000 children today. 26,000 children tomorrow and the next day. Rick, what's that buzz? (laughs) Hopefully nothing's going to explode up here. Um, Yeah, I still hear it, but I don't know if you... Oh, that was it. Thanks. All you had to do was stand up. (laughs) Um, But he talks about that... Think about it this way. He said it's the equivalent of 100 jetliners crashing in a single day. Think about what happens when one jetliner crashes in Canada. It's national news. And it's national news for a while. Think about if a hundred jetliners crashed in one day and they were all filled with kids. That would be global news for months. They would be talking about how do we change the airliner industry? What do we do to make sure this never happens again? And he makes this connection that Every day, the equivalent of a hundred jetliners crash. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, the day after, and so on. It feels overwhelming. It feels overwhelming. What do we do with this? Where do we start? Well, I have good news for you today. I believe that the scriptures give us help. This is encouraging for me because people around us, they look at the Bible and they think, it's this 2,000 or at least or over 2,000-year-old, some parts of over 2,000-year-old book about a long-forgotten civilization. And yet we who follow Jesus, we see it has relevance for us today. That it speaks into situations in our lives today. This book is alive and living. And it gives us help. Let me read this. Let me read this. Look, if you look in your bulletins, there's a, there's a passage in here. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Now there's a whole section here, and it's talking about Jesus when he is uh, meeting with his disciples moments before he ascends into heaven. The part that I want us to focus on is right there at verse 8. It's in bold. It says, 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now there's a lot there that, there's a, you can see there's already a lot of passages there. Spend some time reading that today. But I want to focus on just this passage, verse 8. This is the encouraging thing. Is that we have received the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have trusted our lives into Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit has empowered you. The Holy Spirit has empowered us and begins working in us. See, I think sometimes we take this for granted. We take this for granted that the living God, the spirit of the living God is in us and working and empowering us. Helping us do more than we could ever do on our own. See, sometimes I think we take this for granted. And when we do, we start looking at the world and jetliner crashes and we start looking with the eyes of the world around us. We see huge problems. We see complicated situations and expensive solutions. And we throw our hands up. When we start looking at things with the eyes of this world, we throw our hands up. It's too much. What can any of us do about it? But when we invite the Spirit into our lives, when we start living by God's Spirit in us, things begin to change. Our heart begins to change. And when our heart changes, our lives change. Our lives change. And our priorities begin to change with that life change. Our priorities shift from how can I gather more stuff up for me and get myself further ahead. They start changing from that to how can I use some of what I have to help others, to help people who live next door to me, to help Christian brothers and sisters who live halfway around the world, maybe even to help people who don't even like me because I follow Jesus, to help them too for the sake of the gospel. See, when our heart begins to change, our life begins to change. And then our priorities change. That's powerful stuff. That's the Spirit of God working in us. But here's the great thing. When our heart begins to change, so do our eyes. Whereas the world around us looks at these huge problems and all they see are the obstacles... By God's Spirit, we start to see by His kingdom. We stop seeing the way that this world does and we start seeing things the way the kingdom sees or the way that God sees them, the way things are in the kingdom. I think about this in terms of the way Jesus described the kingdom once. He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. This tiny little seed, the smallest of seeds, no bigger than the head of a needle. Yet when you plant it, it grows into one of the greatest trees of the garden. This is what the kingdom's like. This tiny little mustard seed. This tiny, one little thing that we do that grows and changes things. 
See, when our hearts change and our eyes change, we start to have this new life, this new way of seeing things. And we stop focusing and fixating on the things that are impossible. See, that's the way our world works. It's impossible. It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic that we're going to help anybody. The pro- uh, hunger is just too big an issue. Human trafficking, just too big an issue. It's just too big. We, there's nothing we can do about it. It's impossible. And yet, with the Spirit of God in us, in the kingdom of God, we begin focusing on what is possible. God gives us a vision of what is possible through us. Like this tiny little seed that you put in the ground and it grows to become the greatest plant of the garden. See, I start thinking about this and I think about it like for an issue like hunger. I'm going to let you off the hook today. <laughs> got great news for you. You don't have to solve world hunger. If you've got an answer, if you've got it figured out, please tell the right people. But other than that, you don't have to solve world hunger today. Is that good news? <laughs> but you do need to help one child. You have to do something. You don't have to do everything, but you have to do something. Help one child. I started thinking about this image of you know, starfish and just how many starfish there are on the beach when they all wash up. What do we do? How do we help? But here's the great thing. We are filled by God's Spirit. You are filled with God's Spirit. So you're thinking, how can I help one kid? Or how can I help with hunger? You can do it because God is empowering you to help. God is empowering you to get involved. And He will magnify. He will grow that tiny seed you plant. He will grow it. This is not beyond you. Being involved globally is not beyond you. Think about it. You have the spirit of the living God in you. It's hard for me to think of what we are not, we are not capable of. This is the amazing thing. God's spirit dwells in us. Giving us a new heart. Eyes to see differently. But it also does more than that. The Spirit empowers you. I don't know if you caught that in the passage, but it said that you will receive the Spirit and the Spirit will empower you. So more than just give us a dream or a vision of what could be, the Spirit empowers us to make that dream a reality. To begin working out, to begin planting tiny little mustard seeds that grow into great trees. The Spirit of God not only works in us, but it works through us to change the world. The Spirit of God is working in you to change you, but also working through you to change this world. And the Spirit of God begins to compel us. It sends us out. It empowers us to go out, to go to far places and spread the good news of God. Maybe by the words we speak, a lot by the way that we serve people and care for them, to go to places like Tecate, Mexico, to help with the oil and wine Christian center there. Or to go to places like Ecuador, to help our covenant brothers and sisters there. To go to places like Haiti, where they're still rebuilding years after the earthquake that hit there. 
or places in Canada, places up north where they still need to hear the good news, and places in Africa like the Congo where the covenant has been involved for over 75 years. The Spirit will empower you to go. Or maybe, going, maybe the going years are behind you now. The Spirit will empower you to send others, to pray for them, to pray for missionaries and missionaries who come out of our church, to support them financially, to support them by encouraging them, letting them know that you are behind them and that you are praying for them regularly, for the ministry that they have. The Spirit of God will empower you to send others, but it will also empower you to speak. To talk with people in our community here. To let them know that we are involved in a well project in Togo, for example. As a church, we are behind or we are helping to support a well in the community that is changing that community. It will change the way they live. No longer having to walk hours to get water, they can go to the center of the village in a few minutes and get water. Freeze kids up to go to school. Parents up to, freeze, freeze parents up to provide food or to work. No longer is water the central thing. They're able to focus on other issues. To tell people about this, or like we did a few months ago with the trip to Cambodia, talking about human trafficking. Stacy DeVries came and spoke about the bracelets to go and to tell people about this issue of human trafficking. Not only that it happens globally, but also it happens here in Canada. There are men, young men and women who are trafficked even through the Kootenays. So speak with people. Talk with people about this. The, the Spirit is empowering us to do this. But also the, the Spirit is empowering us to serve in a powerful way that proclaims the gospel. For us not to just talk about it, but to do things about it here. Like Stacy, for example, her coming and selling bracelets. Bracelets that were made by kids who were taken out of human trafficking, out of the sex trade. Or for us to, to raise funds for a well. Or for us to, to sponsor kids, like the kids on the wall back there. Their lives are different now because of you sponsoring them. We, I mean, it's amazing when you start reading the Compassion magazines and you see what these kids grow up to be. How many of them grow up to become doctors or nurses so they can go back to their community and help their, their neighbors and their friends. Or maybe they become economists to go back to their country and help change things. It's that tiny mustard seed. A few bucks a month and the ways that it changes a child's life and the man or the woman they become. So maybe some of you are thinking to yourself, oh, I'm still interested and like, I'm still checking out this Jesus thing and I want this spirit that you're talking about. Well, it's easy. It's amazing. If you want this spirit that we've been talking about this morning, it comes by believing into Jesus. The fact that he lived and died and rose again and he ascended to God's right hand. Believing into this, you receive this spirit. God's spirit begins working in you. If you have questions about that, come and talk with me after the service. I want to tell you about this. Or ask anybody else here. We can tell you how, what Jesus has done in our lives. So if you're here this morning and you're thinking, I want this spirit too, you're right, you should. 
It's powerful. So we've been talking about this, about the Spirit works in us and through us to change this world, but also that the Spirit, we have to follow it. We have to use this dirty old word, obey. (laughs) Obedience just sounds gritty even as we say it, right? We have to follow the Spirit. We have to do what God is leading us to do. I know we don't like this, especially in our culture. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm my own boss. <laughs> but as followers of Jesus, we say, you know what? We actually do. We follow Christ. We follow this Jesus of Nazareth because he's proven himself to be the Son of God. So we follow him. Trust him. We start realizing that we can't do these things. We can't even begin with one thing, changing this world on our own. We need God's help. We need his spirit working in us. Or maybe you're really together. Like you're one of those people who gets it done. You think, you know, I I can do this. Trust me. You'll never do what you can do if you have the Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit working in you, you will be capable of so much more. It's interesting to me that Paul talks about this with the church in Corinth. He said that God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. But it's in the weakness of people that God's strength is displayed. So we rely on God's Spirit to be faithful to it, to obey. It reminds me of another story that I read in in Richard Stern's Home in the Gospel. He talks about the story of this young man and this is where the idea of the starfish came from. This idea that this parable of... of, uh, a young man who's actually a, a man who's walking on the beach and he sees hundreds of thousands of starfish on the beach. Kilometers of starfish just there dying, drying in the sun. And he sees in the distance, he sees this figure of a person bending down and standing up. Bending down, standing up. Bending down, standing up. Finally, he catches up to that person. Finds this young woman, and he says to her, what are you doing? She says, I'm throwing the starfish back in the water. My guy looks and he says, are you kidding me? Why are you doing this? And she says, I just felt like it's what I'm supposed to do. He goes, how does this matter? I mean, look at what are you going to do? You're going to be here for, for months, and they're all going to be dead by then. What does it matter? She bends down. She picks up one more starfish. She throws it into the water. She says, it matters to that one. It mattered to that one. See, the Holy Spirit fills us and begins to change us. The Holy Spirit works in us and then works through us to change the world around us. And all we have to do is obey. Follow the Spirit's leading. I know it's tough sometimes. And I know I say this like, all you have to do, I make it sound easy. Sometimes it's hard, I know. But if we keep doing this, God will change this world around us. Who's with me here? See, this is the thing, though. I know that you believe that the kingdom of God is a global kingdom. I know that you believe this. I've seen not only the way that you raised your hands this morning, but the way that you live, the way that you've lived for as long as I've been here. But I also know that you're seeing, oh, maybe you're with me, like, yeah, I never quite thought of like, how the Spirit empowers us to do these things. 
That's awesome. I'm on board. But I hope some of you are still asking, yeah, but how do we do this? How do we do this? And I wish I had the answer. All I can give you is an answer. We do this by getting focused on one thing. Get focused to go global. Focus on one thing. You don't have to do everything. I already let you off the hook this morning. You don't have to figure out world hunger. But you do have to do one thing. Get focused on one thing. Get focused to go global. If you want to, write that on your bulletin insert. Get focused to go global. Focus on one thing this week. You want to know what I can do? What can I do, Jason? What can we do? Focus on one thing this week and begin praying about it. One global concern. Pray about it this week. Every day. Maybe it's the well in Togo. Pray about that. Pray for the well to, to be completed, for the, that it would bless that community. That community would then be able to focus on other things like food and jobs, church, learning more about Jesus, kids getting education. Pray for that. Pray for our Compassion Kids or our Covenant Kids, Congo Kids or Heart Kids in Romania. Those are the kids that you sponsor. Begin praying for those kids. Praying for their families praying for their education, that they'd have enough food to eat, water to drink, access to medication. Begin praying about things like Kernels of Hope, a ministry that the the covenant has been involved in for a couple years now. Raising millions, no, oh yeah, over a million. Millions that has been sent to the Congo to help people there, not just uh, farm for a few months, but to learn new ways of farming that are more productive. Learn about these things. Pray for them. Pray for the clinic in Haiti and some of the, the, the difficulties they're going through right now. Some of the board transitions, stuff like that. Pray for ministries that we've been involved in. Pray for the Oil and Wine Christian Center in Takati. For Pastor Ariel and the church there. Pray for missionaries like Ronnie and Betty, the Watleys in Indonesia. Pray for them. Write them a note, to, or write them a note this week. Send them an email. I'm praying for you. Read their last newsletter. I see that you've been working on this. Here's how I want to help. Focus on one thing this week. Get focused to go global and begin praying on it. Begin praying about it and for it. But don't stop there. Begin praying and then do something about it. Get involved. I don't know how you will get involved. But I believe if you're praying, you will get involved in the right way, just the way that God wants you to. Get involved. Maybe begin planning your next short-term mission trip. Get involved. Like Maybe write your, your, to children that you sponsor, write them a letter this week. Let them know that you're praying for them. That you want to encourage them in Christ or encourage them in their school, in their academics. Write letters to your kids. Maybe that's your one thing this week. Or maybe it's actually sponsoring another child. Or maybe it's getting involved or learning about what this well project in Togo is. What it means for that community and how we as a church have been involved in that. If you want to ask Willem or Colleen or Janet or Mike, ask them about that. How can I get involved? 
Maybe even ask Jill about it. (laughs) Do one thing this week. Focus on one thing, pray about it, and then get involved. Or Mike, I know some of you, maybe get more involved, because I know you guys are already involved with things. Pick just one thing. I'm not saying do everything. I'm saying one thing this week, and get involved. Pray. Imagine what this begins to look like. Imagine these tiny little mustard seeds being planted this week. As we begin praying about these ministries all over the world. Imagine the power of that. Just this week, just this congregation praying for these things. And then getting involved this week and doing just one thing. Imagine how that begins to ripple out. Not only in the communities around them, but into the future. As these kids and these communities, as people are changed because of it. It gives me goosebumps to think about this. It was Margaret Mead who said this. She said, never underestimate the ability of a thoughtful and committed group of people to change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I don't know if she was a Christian or not, but I think in God's spirit, this is especially true. You have been empowered by the spirit of the living God who is working in you to change you and working through you to change the world around us. That is powerful stuff. Powerful stuff to focus on one thing, get focused to go global. Take this week, pray, and get involved.